0: Welcome to Scrum Under Siege. I'm Doug, and this is Jack. Hi. We're here to talk about how to fight theory in your own Agile environment, and that hope isn't lost. Our recommendations aren't going to involve around you getting another job, or to quit, or or something else outlandish. You can change your situation. We're having a series of episodes coming to you to help you with the situation, and today we're going to talk about team life cycles how to address where you're at, how to get real world examples from us and our pain points, and how to keep getting better. And with that said, Jack, can you start us off? Sure. So like
1: at the end of the day, right, every team is new at some stage or another. So, you know, you are a long way off from self-organized right now. So, uh, right, as the Scrum Master, you are heavy, heavy coaching, strong suggestions. You're damn near telling people what to do. Um, But, you know, the bottom line is, is whatever you do, you're reinforcing of here's what you're going to do and here's why we do it. That's super important to constantly hammer the why, why, why. You're going to be Papa Bear. You're going to be Mama Bear. Right? That team, they're going to be your little bears and you're going to help them get to a place where you want them to be. But, you know, they need your help
0: big time here. Doug? Yeah, it's one of those things, Jack, that I personally love when I was converting to Agile, I thought it was great. You're probably laughing at me right now, thinking, what are you talking about? But there's days when we talked about capacity planning, and you know, the fact of the matter was, is planning around Velocity was craziness. We don't do that. Anybody that did, I was like, what are they doing? They're just off in left field, not doing this Agile. But the reality is, it really was just being complacent in where we were. And, and the reason that I struggled with this so much, and I... <laughs> I'm glad I got out of it But it's because it felt safe I knew what I was going to get every day I knew what stand-up was going to be There was going to be somebody that points at you And says, what is your update? What would you do? And you're like, well, I have my list I got my notepad out (laughs) You literally (laughs) wrote everything you did down And read it to everyone It's nonsense But it was fine Because you knew what you are going to do And then you go to Backlog Refinement And you're like, oh, yeah, let's talk about all these stories Let's get all the details in Shovel-ready work. The more you can do, the better. And, and we might have seen all the stories, literally had acceptance criteria on it, and we thought that was okay. But the reality is, like, there's not a great way to work. It just worked for the time getting yeah. us up. I don't know if you ever felt like that was, you know, safe at the time. Like, anyone that approached any other ideas, I always had a strong, you know, passion to you know, at least wave away and do, like, no, 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 we don't do that here. That's that's too much. It's, I mean, it's fun times, right?
1: Because that's what scrum masters do. We coach, we teach, we train. And this is our, you know, this is our playground here. I think the hard part is where, you know, you as a scrum master have to realize, hey, this team is, they're understanding this stuff now, right? So now you get into more of a, hey, I'm going to take
0: the training wheels off here. I, I, These team needs to work on their own a little bit. Well, things that I think go in tandem here is like you need your product owner too. I mean, yeah, on the basic fundamental level, you do end up saying, yeah, we can take the training wheels off and and go further, but, like, that product owner needs to come with you.
1: Absolutely. Everybody needs to come with
0: you on this still. They're still learning. Because how many times have you done, done Agile, right, in places that you're doing these huge big bang releases? You're literally, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories. Like, yeah, you can get better in the way that you approach things, but, like, if you're still releasing five years from now you didn't really gain anything out of it. Yeah. Which is kind of like it's a journey for everybody. I think you're we're going into the fact that you know really you get out of the the papa bear mama bear kind of thing with your cubs into trying to at least get them into a more, you know, self-sufficient manner. I mean, you're not self-sufficient, right? There's just less of the yep. the dictating and the the power control out of the scrum master or someone else. Or that you're really starting to back away or you yeah
1: so like you know for instance you know you're not training about the basics but you're maybe training about other things maybe you're training about you know ownership levels in the sprint or maybe you know helping the the team figure out what stories they should start on first but it's it's not dictating it's more like questions what do you think they should start what do you think you should start on first
0: my my favorite part is when you try to switch over from if you're traditional capacity planning, which you may not be, but switching to actually you know, your points or T-shirt sizing or whatever, and and literally focusing on your velocity. Everyone always looks at you and is like, "Are you nuts?" You're like, "It's fine. We'll we'll go off of this number." And they're like, "How will I know how much work I have?" And and that's the biggest challenge I've faced ever. Is just and even like being in that position where you're you're looking at some other Scrum master and they're like, "Yeah." We're not going to use hours today, and you're like, well, what will we do? <laughs> you just sit there, and and you literally just you're kind of horrified. You're like, this arbitrary number is going to tell me how many points we can do. You're like, what if we we have short capacity? What if we could have done more? <laughs> the reality is, what it's like. You get so focused in on on these metrics and these hours and this nonsense around how much time people are actually putting in. And the reality is, like, focus on the story, and that's why this point is. It's crucial. Like, I really, really appreciate getting to this point because of that. I, I think, you know, and Jackie, you correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, getting here is hard. You get into it and you actually start to gravitate around the work. You're you're leaving the metrics and the process and prescriptive way of doing things. And you're starting to focus on what's there.
1: Yep. You're, you're you know, you're out of training mode. You're out of Papa Bear mode. You're into letting them start to practice what you preach. And there's... There's various levels to this, right? You know, at the beginning, it's a lot, there's still a lot more coaching and discussion going on, but it becomes more discussions and whatnot. The hard part then is to slowly, methodically, yeah, methodically kind of back away from that even a little more and giving the team a little more responsibility. That's hard, I've, I've had hard times with that sometimes. It's like, oh my God, I've been soapboxing
0: too much. What, what's your favorite thing to do though how do, we, how do we test these guys? Test them we basically once we
1: sprint plan with them and set them on their little path for the sprint, then you got to
0: back away and see if they can see if they can work on it on their own. Oh, my favorite thing to do. I told you this many times I just will just not show up. <laughs> see if oh yeah, that's right you didn't tell me that many times yes. <laughs> Can they do it without me or they cancel it? They're like, great, he's out of here. That's kind of my gauge. I'm hoping most of the times it seems like they're, they're not disappointed I didn't show up, but, I mean, they're not angry at me. And if things happen. And you start to realize, like, does that lead into our next step of it? Are you getting closer to self-organizing? Can you just blow off meetings that are ceremonious? And, and really look at it and be like, do you really need me right now? But the reality of it, and, and we'll go into this, but the self-organizing piece of it, like, what do you have to do? You don't need a lot of coaching. There's You should be in a situation, this happens to me occasionally, I'm sitting there and I'm like just about to say something. And you hear somebody from the team speak up and be like, whoa, 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 we don't do that. Yeah. That's not how we do things. We're not splitting stories to have a testing and development story. We're just really focusing on our story. We're not trying to cheat the system nobody cares we care about the value that we're delivering and that's what you want to hear and things like that you know can can make you feel really good at the end of the day that's where you want to get to uh, eventually you want to be able to not come to story mapping you shouldn't have to be that crutch anymore when you get to that self-organizing thing like the hardest part is realizing you're not needed like you used to be and that was the problem that probably you and i you touched on this a little bit but it's hard it's hard when you show up and they do it on their own and you're like, wow, I don't really need to be here.
1: There's been a, a couple teams that I've scrum mastered with where I was like, hey, they're ready for self-organization, right? And I'm going to back away. And, um, and that's hard because there's not really like a, a, a trigger per se. Like this team is ready. Here you go. It's, it's a feel. It's a talk to the team, interview them a little bit. There's been a couple times, like I said, where it's like, okay, I'm going to back away and I'll do what Doug suggested and I'll leave some meetings and stuff like that. And then retro, and I'm like, oh, my God. Hmm, maybe maybe we weren't ready for self-organization or maybe I went about it wrong. This is where, yeah, I've stumbled a couple times on this stuff and it's it's nobody's fault or whatever. It's just realizing in my brain, like, hey, this team might be self-organized, but that doesn't mean I get to walk away and have long coffee breaks with doug i still need to be somewhat involved and maybe sit in the back and just make sure mistakes aren't being made or you know you have a completely self-organized team and, and you still need to give them some reminders about some things
0: and i think this is true for anybody you want to look at yourself on the team i'm a scrum master i'm a po i'm a I'm a development team member. One of the things that you can gauge is when you're taking a vacation, what kind of, how do you feel? Do you have anxiety? Do you feel like, oh, I can't take, I can't take vacation. They're not going to know what to do. They won't run the ceremonies or the work won't get done. I know so many developers just across teams that I've been on that would fear taking a vacation because they're like, the work won't get done. I will be coming back from vacation and nothing will be done. When you know you're there, it's going to be fine. You're going to go on vacation. I did this this year. I took yeah. a three-week vacation. Things were fine. They didn't need me, and it was okay. Like And that's where you want to get to because nobody should feel like you're in a place where you can't go on vacation or leave without feeling like the team's going to fall apart.
1: Agreed. I remember that three-week vacation. That was a great time in the department. <laughs> <laughs> so just to kind of recap all this madness that we've been talking about, Keep in mind that, you know, you have these different life cycles of the team, Um, you know, new team, training wheels team, self-organized team. Keep in mind those transition periods, like when should you start backing off? When should you start doing things a little differently? Um, I'll say it one more time. Also, keep in mind that if things go wrong, you don't have to give up. You can keep trying or you can... Bring the team back to
0: the life cycle it was at to begin with. For you guys get a new job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all kidding aside, I wish everyone got to see all your hand gestures as we were sitting here. Very animated. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Thank you. you know, sorry you guys missed it. Next week, what we'll have is the Bortles effect. What the hell's that? <laughs> I don't know yet, but we'll find out. If you want to give us feedback, we're new to this, feel free to do so on the podcast iTunes store or Spotify any of that stuff maybe LinkedIn maybe Twitter we'll we'll figure out where this goes maybe we'll read it maybe we won't hope to get something good if it's bad I guess we'll delete it
1: hey if it's good then we know we should keep doing it if it's bad we need to know that so we don't do it again that's important to us
0: thanks for listening
1: (laughs) thanks for listening goodbye
0: Welcome to the Shake and Bake Scrum Shake and Bake Podcast My name is Doug and this is Jack Hi. We're both scrum <laughs> I <laughs> almost just read my name is Jack <laughs>